0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fertility Podcast. Once again, I'm sharing the show that I'm also publishing on UK Health Radio with my new co-host, Kate Davis. So this is the first time you've started listening to the Fertility Podcast. Just to tell you a little bit about me. I have been making this podcast for nearly five years and it's been me all that time chatting to experts as well as different men and women sharing their stories about their fertility struggles and more recently i've started making a show that is being published on uk health radio which is an internet radio uh, station with a fertility nurse called kate davis who is someone that I've known in this space for about five years as well. And we decided to put our heads together to make this show. And I'm sharing it with you. So it's a slightly different approach. If you want to go back and listen to just me on my own, you'll know what it was like before. I'm still the same. It's just that this Kate as well. You're going to hear a conversation that we had with the director of a new film that's out in the UK. This episode's coming out mid-July. It's called Only You and it is going to be on theatrical release around the globe. And it's a beautiful love story that tackles the issue of trying to have a baby. And um, I don't know whether you've watched many films about this topic. The last one I watched was Private Life with Paul Giamatti, who I love. And I don't know about you, I'm not put off from watching films about this subject, having been through it. Um, Maybe if you're in it, you might be, but I think maybe reframe how you feel if that's where you're at a bit because being able to relate to the stuff you see on screen is quite powerful it's quite empowering I should say Harry who's the director of this film we didn't go into the depths of her story because we were keen to talk about the film and and the point of the film and what she hopes to achieve from it and if you get yourself to my insta at fertility poddy and give me a little follow there's a competition to enter um, and you can win a screening code so you can watch it in the comfort of your own home you can also um, do a little rate and review as well in the podcast up you're listening that's always nice to uh, to have you know just to uh, let me know what you think of this podcast keep listening to the end where you'll get all the details of the show notes and a reminder of that competition on instagram so wherever you're at whether you're on the move or you're just taking it easy enjoy Hello and welcome to Talk Fertility, a show where we do just that, talk about fertility. I'm Natalie Silverman, host of the Fertility Podcast, which I launched in 2015, once successfully pregnant after having fertility treatment.
1: And I'm Kate Davis, a trained fertility nurse and founder of Your Fertility Journey, where I work one-to-one with women and couples to help them understand and optimise their fertility.
0: You you
2: don't. I was thinking, no more. let's make a family.
0: I want you. No one who
3: I want to.
1: You if
0: you want, could want you Mom Be careful, darling. You might fall. I want
2: Of everything I've ever wanted
0: I want you So we're delighted to welcome Harry Woodbiff, who is a film director to the show, to talk about a lovely film that Kate and I have both watched called Only You. Harry, welcome.
1: Welcome, Harry. (laughs) Hello there.
0: So Kate and I watched the film and we were talking before speaking with you. And first of all, I mean, the, 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 the actor who plays Elle, we were just in love with. She's so gorgeous to watch, isn't
3: she?
1: Beautiful.
0: Yeah, you never get a
3: bad a bad side of her in the edit. Uh, yeah, she looks beautiful all the time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> she's just got one of those faces. You are just like even crying, you look gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Harry, let's just talk a bit about your own experience and what led you to make the film.
3: So uh, when, when I um, began my journey to making the film, I I wanted to I, w- I really wanted to write a love story, a, a relationship story that felt raw and real and identifiable with, but also really r- romantic. And in in many ways life affirming and uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I um, I need I needed my couple to to be going through something that uh, comes between them at some point. And at the time, I was trying to have a baby and not getting pregnant. And I uh, had some rounds of IVF. I actually never got pregnant through IVF. And I ended up um, sort of classically kind of giving up hope and then falling pregnant. surprise I mean fantastic surprise yeah Yeah, really uh sort of crazy and I when I first started writing I was trying for the for the baby in the middle I probably gave up trying and then I and then I fell pregnant and then I um had the baby and by the time I started shooting um he was two so it was interesting because I I sort of developed the story um um through through my own journey happening at the same time really. Um, 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 yeah. And, right. and I felt like it was, I felt like it was very difficult thing to talk about. I felt like it was taboo. I felt like there was lots yeah. of judgment around the subject. So I, w- I wanted people to know what it felt like. And on the other hand, when I began, it was the last thing that I wanted to talk about or share with people. So <laughs> I really kind of forced myself at the beginning because I was, I just, I basically thought it, w- it would be good for the film and um and uh yeah fortunately um um uh, by the end i I had I had a child so it was easier I'm sure much easier to make the film mm. being in that situation um, uh but yeah and retrospectively you know i'm I'm so glad it's out there now to um hopefully, get get people to understand and empathize and talk about the subject as well as the film being a really good watch you know just a, a love story and uh, a drama that's that's um i think you'll agree not it's not a, just a dark film it's a quite a, a light film as well
1: yeah I, uh, absolutely I dark. no the, the, i think the relationship between the two of them was just was just lovely um, and following their, their fertility journey all the way through. And particularly, one of the things that both Natalie and I found really interesting and something that I see with my patients frequently, so I was so delighted. In fact, I almost had a little wry giggle, even though it's not a, a giggly subject, um, was the fact that after they have been struggling to conceive naturally and not getting anywhere and went to see the fertility doctors and were straight away told, right, let's, yeah. let's put you on the waiting list for IVF. And it was done with absolutely no compassion whatsoever. And it was this push to IVF. That's all that they're concerned about. No other options were given. Um, and this is like yes. I said, something I see all the time. And I find immensely frustrating as clearly to yes. women. It, was that done purposely?
3: Yeah, it's really interesting that you've picked up on that because I, I think um, I think it's brilliant. There, obviously, that there is treatment and I, and and that that should be as freely available to people as possible. But I also feel like you you are quickly pushed into it without mm. um, too much explanation, and I think uh, it also makes you believe that, you'll, that it's sort of not worth trying anymore. It's like once mm. you're on that train you just feel like that it's the only way you'll get pregnant and i think psychologically that's really really tough and also it's not it's not true so yeah i think i think you feel you it was definitely in my idea of the film at the beginning it's it's that they're pushed into it quickly that it all happens very quickly
0: yeah yes yeah I and I, agree. I hear it from people that I speak to that tell their stories to the podcast as well that they feel that they were pushed into it and with, with no real understanding and then you're kind of playing catch-up trying to learn more about it one of the other things Harry that we thought you captured so well was this blame game Elle initially talked about that it was she felt it was her issue and even the way that she was reluctant to reveal her age it was painful but you know so relatable mm-hmm. to watch and then We'd, we're really careful of not wanting to give away spoilers But later there was a conversation From Jake to Elle about whether she'd done everything right And this throwing backwards and forwards About mm. the blame element Is that something that you you got from research That you did, talking to other people When mm. you were putting the film idea together I think it's um, I think it's
3: really hard um, Being the partner of someone Going through it as well Because um, Because you, you, you. I mean, there's, there's so little you can do to help. In the film, I think it forces Jake to. I think when, when he asks her if, if there's, if, if she did everything right, I think it's because he doesn't know. He doesn't know what else to say, and he's desperate. And I suppose it's the same question that she might might ask herself: Did I, I think you do? You think did I do everything right? So I think there's. I think there is blame thrown around and you blame yourself and then you blame each other.
1: (laughs) Mm. Maybe. Yeah. And I think women tend to, you know, as Natalie said, that Elle very much took the blame on herself initially saying, I think the words were something along the lines of, I think there's something wrong with me. You know, there there was never, I think there's something wrong with one of us. It was, yes. it was something wrong with me. Um, yes. And I think we, women very traditionally do take the blame initially for infertility. And I've even seen women take the blame for infertility. And I don't like using the word blame because it has horrible connotations. But I think women do take the blame for infertility, even if it might be a male factor issue. I've seen women take that blame on to protect their partner, which is really interesting.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think maybe it's because we we kind of carry the baby, we get pregnant. So you feel like, I'm not getting pregnant. I'm not doing it. Um, Mm. I I think maybe that has a lot to do with it. Um, um, It I think because you feel so inadequate as well.
0: Mm. And there was also a lovely um, notion that you you hinted at about this idea of the perfect conception that we we all grow Mm. up thinking. Um, and there was a, a quote of, I don't want anyone else involved, which is... Yeah, is somebody so said to important.
3: me, yeah, when I, um, that uh, I was sort of in the middle of writing and um, yes, I asked somebody, I was trying to remember how I felt um, right at the beginning. And I said, can you remember how you felt right at the beginning, why you really didn't want um, IVF? Because I think once you've um, experienced it, you can't really remember the, that that, that sort of that moment of why it was so traumatic because you're at the other end of, you know, I've, uh, of having experienced it. So I was trying to connect with that feeling of how it feels when you're, you know, you're told and she said, yeah, she, she said, I just wanted it to be the, you know, the two of us. And mm-hmm. I think um, having um, a child is, is such a romantic notion in the way, you know, it's, it's highly romantic, impractical thing to do. You know, you're not having that baby because the the world needs more people in it. You're having that baby because you generally because you know you meet someone, you fall in love, and you think you know let's let's make a family together. Let's and it and it and it's a
1: lovely idea.
3: You know, so I think yeah, that
1: that was um, echoed. That's taken in- away
3: from you, yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry. That was echoed in, in Jessica Hepburn's um, Pursuit of Motherhood as well. She wrote about the fact that she really struggled with the whole idea that it wasn't the two of them making a baby and that the, the this was all going to happen in the lab. And she really didn't want to almost give that away because it was so important to her. And I think she actually went into the room with her husband when he produced his sample, which was quite interesting. Yes. Yeah, um, so that's in the book, so um, yeah, quite interesting. I also
3: think there's a sort of um, fallacy that um, the idea that that an, a baby born from IVF is, is, isn't quite a normal baby, yeah. and I think there's an idea of there's like a lot of magical jiggery-pokery going on. I mean, really you're just putting, they don't do that much. They just put the egg and the sperm together as it would happen in your body. And then, you know, you see what happens. But there isn't any difference to that egg or that sperm. Mm. Um, and I think there's a perception that there is, really. And, uh, yeah,
0: I really hate that. Mm. Yeah, there's a Going... lot of work to be done in, in explaining yeah. to people as to yeah. yes. how it actually happens.
3: And I feel like the media doesn't, doesn't help that. I feel like they write quite... There's quite broad reviews about, you know, uh, somebody quoted something to me the other day about the NHS having to pick up the mess that IVF leaves. And I was like, well, what what mess? And yeah, what, and I, I said to them, and they they didn't really have an answer. And then we sort of broke it down to the fact that there are more twins born from IVF. I was like, yeah, but that the way that comment you you would read that just feels like there's yes, there's something. Sort of unexplainably dark about these the the process and uh and that that yeah I don't know that in some way an ivF baby isn't like a normal baby, which of course it is.
0: Well, also, if we're going to get to the nitty gritty, there's been a big movement with the Multiple Birth Foundation because I've been speaking to them only recently to mm. reduce the number of multiple births. So yes. that person hasn't got their facts right. <laughs> no. no, It is something that has been, you know, really, really worked on. Um, yes. And I know that we want to focus on a bit more of the kind of science bit about the film. Kate, with her, her medical background, is always keen to, um, to get into the, the nitty gritty of the science bit. Yes.
1: Mm. So I've got a couple of science-y type of questions for you. Yes. Um, in one of the scenes with um, the doctor, he mentioned to Elle that she had a low AMH or, or low ovarian reserve and he couldn't help her. And it was really interesting that there wasn't any discussion about any other factors that could give more information about her her ovarian reserve. So antral follicle count scans, um, Follicle stimulating hormone levels, that type of thing, and we were just really curious. Was that kind of like a conscious decision, just to be Mm. very blunt and say, you know, your AMH is low, and therefore we can't help you? Was that was that a conscious decision to make it a film like that? Well,
3: so the last thing I wanted to do was sort of alienate an audience who were who 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 with with too much medical stuff. But on the other Mm. hand, I really wanted to make. It as um, accurate as possible the experience, mm. so it was tricky to make everything uh, quite contracted in a way, but still accurate. I wanted with that scene. I wanted. I think there's lots of tests that are done where you're given these results as if that is that is that is fact. This the your AMH is low, therefore you're never going to have a baby, mm. and that that mm-hmm. that's what I was told. Mm. That literally. You, your AMH is low. You have an under five percent chance of having a baby. This was in a, in a, you know, meeting on my own without my partner there. Oh, you know, so devastating, heartless. and yeah. it was one of the yeah. worst, the worst moments. And and um, I, I then, of course, ended up getting pregnant naturally as well. So <laughs> yeah. twice that was after a big that, actually, up, wasn't it? To, yeah, yeah to the Well, one baby chance. that yeah, I miscarried once, and then I so. And, I, and I, I suppose what I wanted to say is there's a lot of kind of godlike doctors out there telling you things. And I think there's so much they don't know. And you're given these facts and figures. And I think it's detrimental because in no way you're going home to have loads of sex to try and get pregnant because you sort of give up hope. You just you just mm. think, well, it's never going to happen. And he was saying, don't have IVF. don't, And if you try naturally, it's really not going to happen either. So he just is not... It's not um, conducive to um, to any positive outcome, I don't think. And so, yes. Yeah, so I I wanted to show that there's lots of controversial information. I wanted to show that um, information is given in a very um, very blunt, uncaring way. I wanted to sh- I, w- I wanted to show that how difficult it is to, to to deal with that kind of information, and i couldn't go into lots of uh, lots of different tests because i think i think it would be hard for an audience to follow i think it could get boring um so yeah it was always it was always tricky to work out how to be accurate how to get across in a narrative the the things that i felt were important to get across um but keep it into keep it Keep it a sto- uh, an emotional story. That's the thing. An emotional story about yeah. a couple.
1: Well, yeah. I think you did it really well, particularly because, you know, AMH is bounded around so much um, and the connotations yes. with the, what happens with a low AMH. Um, so I think, you know, highlighting that was was fantastic. Um, another sciencey bit for yes. you um it's regards ovulation so you know from my kind of you know medical hat on uh, yes. we talk about ovulation being um 12 to 24 hours but <laughs> I noticed that L <laughs> talked about it being 38 hours so I just I was intrigued intrigued about she, that it's
3: so funny because I was hoping no one would ever notice. Basically, it- <laughs> I'm sorry. It.
2: Then you it's get fine.
3: She got she got it. She got it wrong. I, we, we should have ADR'd it. Really, she got <laughs> she got it wrong.
0: Yeah. So sorry. Yeah.
3: Well,
0: okay. But we picked up I, the wrong, the one mistake in the film. In the film. I, it's, 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 it's the, the, the
3: only, only mistake. mistake the <laughs> I, comfort, I comforted myself with thinking that maybe um, maybe pe- people get it a bit wrong, but I have given out. Dud information now
1: <laughs> yeah but do you know yeah. what there's so many misconceptions out there that women yeah. have and couples have yeah. about ovulation about cycle lengths about yeah. all sorts so actually what she was was just being very normal really yeah
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly and that is what i thought because i i could have i could have like dub, dubbed it afterwards but um yeah I, I did think about it and i thought that I'd, i think it just doesn't matter because it's not
1: because
3: no. people get stuff like that wrong anyway yeah but they, they absolutely
1: do they absolutely do yeah. it, just, it just makes it more realistic doesn't <laughs> what's it what's the next life? question <laughs> we're gonna focus, we're gonna focus no more on science questions
0: no more science questions just more focus on the brilliant themes that you picked up on because there was Correct. this issue of having to borrow money from family and the pressure that that adds to the you know to the treatment working and we're really cautious of not giving away a spoiler but you you did you you so hit on so many things that are so many conversations within the 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 ttc space as we call it the the, the worries that people have how they how they pay for it but what i just wanted to clarify because i thought that the um the setting was in scotland Yes. Um, where I thought that hmm. people were eligible for yeah. three rounds. So I just I wanted to yeah. understand a bit. And I know you and we're nitpicking because we know what we're talking no, about. No, it's fine. And, and I know that you different sides. Yeah.
3: I kind of made a decision that I would um, I would have a bit of artistic license because sure. uh, mm. because um, it changes all the time. Like yeah. c- constantly there's different um, uh, um, it, it's it, they're, they're, yeah, the the rules are changing well, all the time. Especially in
0: England, sadly, we don't follow suit. We have the postcode lottery, so you're totally right.
3: Yeah, I felt like it was okay to have a bit of artistic license that they that that they needed the money what sorry what did you say at the beginning of the question that, it
0: was that just they said to, yeah just that they borrow you know the pressure yeah. that people put on yeah. themselves when they are borrowing money and yes. like, i'm gonna pay it back i'm gonna pay it back and the yes. expectation when you've borrowed money for it to work and then the disappointment of all those people involved of people that you, you want to yes. make grandparents and i mean again yeah. you captured the fallout which i think people don't yeah. even think about when they hear about they don't understand who's involved
3: yeah and i suppose just to to not not only uh, are you going you know through deep anxiety of maybe not having a baby but yeah you're you're having to ask people for money i mean it's just or, or find some money or get a loan from the bank or in whatever capacity i think um yeah you don't need don't need the added financial anxiety and i felt like also you know, once again, it was like, how do you make it? A, you know, it it adds to my story that they are they ask his dad, his lovely dad, gives them money, and then later on, you know, they she says she wants to pay it back, and you know, he says that his dad is you know fine, fine, not paying it back, and how that, um, you know, how that, how how complicated that is for their for the dynamic relationship. And I think that was
1: spot on because I. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with ladies who feel exactly the same way. And often it's it's money coming perhaps from the the, the partner side of the family and they feel really uncomfortable about it yeah. um, and don't want to accept it initially. And then they do because they're desperate and they really yes. feel that that's the only option, but are yes. absolutely determined to pay it back.
3: Yes. And it isn't actually in... in um, I did a, I have one draft of the script where you you know that it, it's him that suggests that they borrow the money from the dad actually i think it's in there because he says yeah
1: it is yeah, yeah.
3: so you know it's not it's not like it was her idea it was no. you know it was it was suggested to her and mm. she sort of reluctantly agrees and then yeah
0: yeah yeah it's, so it's really, really lovely difficult. themes with the family with the relationship that jake had with his dad i don't want to give it away but i just thought there was whilst we're obviously talking about infertility as the base of what this story is like you say you wanted to show a love story and and there was lots yes. of love in lots of different ways the friendship groups all of the things that you portrayed i thought were really special yes
3: and actually um it was really interesting to me what you just said about um grandparents because um how do I describe it without giving the ending away? But there is a uh, well, there is a moment in the film work that he has with his dad,
0: mm-hmm. and when
3: we shot that, I I found it really moving because I thought, oh, his dad, he's never going to give his dad a grandchild, and his dad is never going to get a grandchild, and I don't know, I hadn't hadn't realised it. It was so it was so sort of powerfully giving that message until I, I saw it in action in a way. Mm. Yeah, I found it really uh, Mm. sort of unspoken between them. It's not. It's not like anybody says it, but it's. I think it's really hanging in the air, isn't it? At that point. So,
1: who do you think, or who do you hope will, yeah, want will watch the movie? Who Who do you hope will be your audience?
3: Well, I think at this point it's important to mention that I think if you are trying for a baby, you're in the throes of it. This isn't. This is an uplifting film, I think, in that way because mm. it's um, giving a really uh, um, it's um, positive message. Sounds quite cliche, but it's it's uplifting for those trying for a baby. It's not about yeah. it. It 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 is. Um, it's saying that uh, it's not saying having a baby is everything, being a parent is everything. It's um, it's a testament to the couples, I think that are going through it, struggling through it and finding, uh, you know, a way to, to see a future ahead of them. And um, I think you definitely leave. It was really important to me that the audience um, with or without children leave f- sort of feeling really in love, I think. Um, and yeah. really uh, knowing that, that the fact that they've got this person they want to have a baby with, is is an incre is already an achievement and uh, yeah and something that you know lots of people never never have and um, never have. there was there was no way I was going to make a film I think so many films give you the message that they have a baby and then they live happily ever after and that I, I think when you're trying for a child and you can't have one it's the worst thing to see so um, uh, there are many happily ever afters and uh, yeah. I I it's not um it's a pro- hopefully a cathartic film I think
1: yeah absolutely I mean I think you know as, as you mentioned it's more about or just as much about their relationship as it is about yeah. infertility um, yes. that's what I think I loved I loved about yeah. it
3: and I think so, the, fir- the first half an hour is pretty funny as well <laughs>
1: Yes, I discovered with a, when I
3: watched it with an audience for the first time, which was great. There was a yeah. lot of laughing. So,
1: yeah. oh, I I love the bit about her age. You know, yeah. and, uh, again, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but that's just yeah. so that's so funny.
3: The so, timing, I think, of jo- Josh and Laya, uh, the actor and the actor, uh, they're brilliant. They're they're very fun. yeah. yeah.
1: So what, you know, based on that then, what feedback have you had so far? Because we know that um, it was part of Fertility Fest at the Barbican and, you know, what what feedback did you get? What did people so, say about it?
3: Um, well, so generally uh, the, the, the film was released at the London Film Festival, it was in first feature competition and it's been travelling uh, with festivals at the moment and uh, it's released in two weeks' time on July the 12th. And uh, so I've had lots of, lots of q and a's in lots of different countries which has been interesting because they always ask very very similar questions um it's interesting how many uh young, the, uh, young men really seem to respond uh to mm. the film i think Brilliant. um we yeah get men lo- talking uh, about this more, so that's amazing. yeah i love it and just uh i think just feeling like um i i, I think just uh, men talking about yeah, the complexity of of a relationship as well, and really feeling they could they could ident- identify with that, and feeling like, oh yeah, relationships, are, you know, <laughs> they are really complex, and and that 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 is normal.
1: And, there was a scene uh, that you, yeah. you
0: had where <laughs> they were at a party, and again, we don't want to give too much away, and and Jake had kind of took t- Jake's car- the character Jake had, had taken himself off, um, and you could just feel it. Just the, the the stress of having to be there. I think it was a baby yes. shower, which we know from the conversations mm. that Kate and I were both having. So uh, like and a
3: christening party, yeah. Christening yeah. Was yeah.
0: So hard, and they like yeah. it was just that like frustration that he felt yes. and you just and and because we know that men find this so hard to talk about and and again yeah. we'll put links to the closed facebook groups that men could go and talk in and i'll put links in yes. the show notes um in in the notes of this episode it again it, you you highlighted it and and i mean he didn't go into it we didn't seem going into it with his peers but you felt it you have i mean i felt it for him there and he was like just.
3: Uh, yeah his face is just like thunder like yeah. <laughs> it always made me laugh editing that scene because he is just so Pissed off, you know. He's like, he's yeah, in a very kind of male. I'm not going to say anything, but I'm just not. I'm not with it at this party. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: um Really, uh, uh, yes. And he—he's quite young, isn't he? That's what really struck me as well. Yes. Probably a lot oh, younger that's, than.
3: That's another thing uh, that's interesting. Uh, lots of people coming up and saying this. You know, the mo- the three quarters of this was this. It was my life. I get that a lot um uh and and also what's interesting is how many people go oh, I so relate to this film it's really me and then they're not even trying they they they're not going through a they're not trying for a baby so uh that's interesting i i think you know it's just a feeling that uh the challenges of life as well and i think mm. um the narrative of your life not un- unfolding not as you planned it and then and then some really amazing conversations with women Uh, just about not not necessarily I wanted a child and I went through IVF but just uh, just about their relationships or a time when they did want children or, or or a phase where they thought they couldn't have children or yeah lots of people very
0: um, being very open. Harry, I just also want to highlight that um, yeah. the Observer have selected you as one of the rising stars of 2019. Is that based on this work or previous work as well? Yeah, no, that's on this work. Yeah, it's great. Brilliant. Yeah. You
3: should be Fantastic. Yeah, congratulations.
1: It's a piece of
0: work. And, and hopefully, I know that we're going to, um, we'll mention at the end, we're going to do a kind of giveaway because the screenings, as you said, starting from like the second week of July, um, but there's yes. about 15 to 20 cinemas in the UK um, that yes. it's at, at the moment. Are we, are we, are we thinking, theatrical release worldwide so how does that work
3: yeah yes no we've we've sold to um quite a lot of territories so amazing. yes it, w- it will be worldwide um, the show does and... go out
0: around the globe so hopefully it'll be coming to somewhere near you wherever you're
2: listening
3: amazing yeah. and I think it is uh, you know it it is a it is a it is a a romantic film it's not a downer I don't think no, no for sure. not at all it's
0: beautiful it's beautiful yeah. mm. Harry, thank you mm. so much and well done on making a, a thank gorgeous you. film. That
3: Kate thank and you, I Harry.
0: Say we, we, we loved and, um, and thanks we loved for the spotting
3: scenes. the the medical inaccuracies.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's really funny. Yeah, I had forgotten about that one. I'm sure no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: All
2: right. Great.
3: Thank you for your time, Harry. My, my pleasure. Thank it was so you. nice to chat to you both.
0: So another thing that Kate and I are really keen to do is answer your questions. More often than not, there'll be Kate answering the questions because she's the one with the (laughs) medical background. However, if I can, I'll I'll Mm, add my 10 pence Of course you can. Um, So the best way to share your questions with us is to email talkfertility at gmail.com. So we've got a couple of questions that we're going to go through now. Off
1: you go. So these questions were asked to me by email. And one is... The first one is, is a really good question, actually. And the question was, does type 2 diabetes affect male fertility? So in general, it very much depends on how well or how poorly the diabetes is is controlled. If it's well controlled, then it's less likely to cause any problems. But if it's poorly controlled, then definitely diabetes can lead to male fertility issues. And those are particularly erectile dysfunction, low testosterone and low sperm count and i think in this situation i would absolutely recommend for this lady that your partner makes an appointment with his doctor to chat about this further um, and to find out a bit more about how his condition may affect fertility
0: interesting there's no harm in asking is there
1: No, not at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the key is definitely to, you know, to try and control diabetes first and it's less likely to cause any problems. And then the other question I got was, one again, I get this quite a lot and it's about supplements and whether it's okay to take more than one supplement that contains folic acid or folic acid in its more natural form, which is folate. So it's really recommended that um, all women who are trying to conceive take a daily folic acid supplement and i think one in one of our chats we're going to be talking about the difference between folic acid and folate um, later on but we'll just stick to folic acid for the moment in general you only need to take 400 micrograms a day of folic acid um but some women who are overweight or at a high risk of neurotube tube defect might be prescribed a higher dose by their doctor However, there is a suggestion that an elevated dose of folic acid in some women, but not women who are overweight or have a higher risk, um, that that higher dose may be associated with tongue tie in the infant and other conditions in the adult. So I think you do have to be really careful um, and don't, unless prescribed, don't take an, an increased dose of folic acid. And definitely, if you're concerned about it, talk to your doctor to get the best dose for you.
0: And like Kate says, we'll be talking about it more, but I will also put a link uh, in the notes for this show to a previous podcast chat that I've had uh, talking about folate and folic acid, just so you've got that as another reference point. The email for you to send your questions through, just so you've got it to hand, is talkfertility at gmail.com. No question is to simple, too stupid you want to know what it is that's bothering you um, and we'll do our best if it's not something Kate or I can answer then as we've said we're talking to lots of experts who we can put them to as well we'll find out so if you've been joining us on Talk Fertility for a while now you'll know that I like to delve into the archives of the Fertility Podcast and as we were talking with Carrie about her brand new film Only You that is out now mid-July in 2019 on general release. I wanted to refer back to a film that I spoke to its makers on this podcast a little while back. It's called Only You. And this was the story about a couple's route to parenthood, which was actually their story. And the couple were called Maya and Noah, and they documented their journey from kind of start to finish. They'd showed failed cycles, using a donut egg, Uh, to Maya being hung upside down by a shaman. They went through a heck of a lot on camera to give you a real insight into this subject matter. And when I spoke with Maya, she talked about how documenting stuff is kind of part of what her and her hubby Noah do. And it kind of didn't stop when they were trying for a baby. So have a listen. And uh, I will put the details of where you can watch one more shot And I hope that you enjoy both the films that we've talked about in the show today. Those first meetings when you're going to a clinic with a camera, I mean, I know it was your friends and you do get to see it's only like one camera. Knowing the stress around having these kind of conversations and the fact that you're bringing in an obvious way to document it. How were you feeling? I mean, were there days because it seems like you were just up not up for the camera being there but you seem like you get very used to it being there as the shit unfolds so to speak were there times where you just were like no i mean i know there's there's literally a moment where you're on the bathroom floor and you shut the door um but apart from that i don't see you saying no to the camera at all so i'm just curious to know how how you manage that yourself and noah because you'd obviously committed to doing this for the reasons you've just explained but it is intrusive as well as what else is going on with all this news and information you're being told
2: yeah and you know i think for us as actually the opposite that when we would start arguing or there was something happening that was really emotional and the camera wasn't on you know I'd be like just turn the camera on (laughs) you know yeah and we just we just shot it because we we really were on a mission to capture what was real and that's real this is hard on a marriage this is ugly in a lot of ways. I mean, now I I watch the film back and I go, ugh, I really could have put on a little makeup now and again, or pants, you know, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, you know, but it's, this is what it looks like. Our story really is the story of millions and millions of people out there all over the world. And, you know, you mentioned just sharing and what that process is like. and, And I think that's it. I think when you share honestly, you realize how many people you connect to and you realize how hard this, when I just when I started blogging, I realized how many people all over the world had a very similar version of our story, you know, and it doesn't have makeup that story mm. and it cries and it's, you know, it fights. <laughs> so that's kind of what we wanted to, we wanted to be real with that.
0: So when you're going in to speak with a consultant or you're going in for another ultrasound or, you know, the different procedures, did Gabe just come in with his camera and just hit record? There wasn't a big, we need to get everything set up type moment
2: Moment. Yeah, it was really you know, honestly, we didn't have a camera for the first two years that we shot this. We had okay. a still camera right. that also took some video. And then Gabe, he's a professor at USC in the film film in the area of film and media, and he would borrow cameras when we could. So we constantly had different borrowed cameras. I mean, that's part of the look. We kind of had to go with it. But yeah, he would it would always be bright and early in the morning because everybody had to get to work. So he would show up and we'd just turn it on and You know, a lot of it's handheld. And sometimes we'd have enough time to to set up. And the doctor was really flexible with us. He let us do whatever. So that was really helpful. Let's just talk a bit about that doctor, because I'm assuming you
0: stayed with the same clinic the whole time. He seemed pretty... Kind of sound, apart from when he kind of did the good news, bad news thing that you you got a little bit irate about. Fair enough, but he seemed like a pretty straight-talking guy. None of the patronising, or and he seemed to include the two of you. Which you know, I've spoke to a lot of couples and men who have talked about how they felt
2: ignored in consultations. Did Noah feel he was included in all the discussions? We found a good fit for us, and I think that's such an important thing for people to to find in a doctor, especially if you're going to spend years with somebody. You know, they kind of become part of your family in a way. Um, but with Dr. Naj, he, you know, he, he's kind of a straight shooter, like, and, and I think I am too. And I just needed to know what was going on. I didn't need to be, I didn't need hand holding. I didn't need somebody with super sensitive bedside manner. I just needed to know what was going on, what we needed to do and what our best chances were. And I think he was very honest about all that. And yeah. so we, we appreciate that. And that, I think you have to have that because You know, when you think about the business of infertility, these doctors, they they do make money when you don't succeed, Mm. you know. And so when you have that kind of a dynamic, it's just so important to find a doctor in a clinic that you feel isn't participating in that at all. And and we did. We felt really comfortable with him. Well, we're going to talk about money spent because I just want to talk about Noah giving
0: you your injections. Did he do that the whole way through? Yes. He, and doc- my, my doctor husband yes okay and w- w- was that because you weren't comfortable doing it or he wanted to be a
2: part of it I mean what if he wasn't around I think he wasn't around once and I went with my pants down to my neighbor's house could you
0: not do it could you just couldn't feel you do, couldn't it. do it? it right
2: yeah I couldn't do it it was just not comfortable for me I you know I'm one of those people that goes to get a flu shot and is like taking a deep breath and you know very very dramatic scene so this idea of, you know, injecting multiple times a day, and then, the, I mean, the progesterone and oil shot, man, that's, that's <laughs> something else for anybody who's done that. Yeah. Um, you know, you get used to it, you figure it out, but he did all of them. There were a couple times when I was at work where I remember my supervisor had <laughs> to give me a shot in the thigh. Really? And it's, you know, it's like your pants are down, you're with your supervisor in your office, and it's like, what is my life right now, you know? Yeah.
0: I'm assuming then you told work about what was going on. I mean, we've hinted you had a lengthy journey. We might as well be straight up. I mean, it it took a good few years. So you you let them know that this was going on and were they supportive?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and that's another piece that I feel really lucky about when I hear other people's stories and how, you know, they can't share with Mm. certain people or or work for certain reasons and it becomes really stressful. But I'm a therapist. I work in mental health, oddly enough. And I was working at a place called the Child and Family Development Center, which is just ironic in title. You know, yeah. In terms of our lengthy journey, you know, I start. We started trying when I was thirty, and I delivered two, 10 days before my thirty-fifth birthday. Well, there's a spoiler. So there's a spoiler alert sp- that we need to just chuck there, in there. There, there. there is an ending. You can cut it out if you need to. But, <laughs> but, but but you know, the journey was resolved with a lot of help from a lot of different people. We can we can say that. Well, now Um, that we've let the cat out of the
0: bag, so we might as well just go whole hog and I can ask you all the questions that I wanted to.
2: You know, in terms of work, as a mental health professional, feeling like my own mental health wasn't super stable, you know, I really had to check that, you know, and make sure that I was okay. And and I did, and I, you know, and working with my clients and, and stuff it it was fine i did end up going to part-time instead of full-time because you you just like you just can't fit in all that you have to do to and have a full-time job because fertility becomes a full-time job in a lot of ways to drive across town and you know pick up the medication and research the cheapest prices for medication and you know and all this kind of all-consuming stuff that happens so i ended up going part-time i now work as a therapist um, with infertility patients okay so I have a private practice now in in Los Angeles so it's my my job has shifted a bit but I did stick through working um, and cut down my hours just a bit while we were going through all of this
0: because I saw all sorts of different therapists let's say in more of a holistic way who were working with you which we'll touch on in a sec but I didn't see any counseling sessions which I appreciate was probably confidential but did you go and have counseling along the way doing what you do
2: I had a therapist for a little while that didn't specialize in infertility. And I was kind of, it was just one of these things where if you don't have the shorthand and you don't know the language, it's very hard to be in these sessions because you feel like people aren't getting it, you know? So I've had a couple sessions. I I saw this woman kind of on and off at different times for some support and Noah and I went in together a couple times. But other than that, I really didn't see a lot of mental health stuff, oddly enough. I did more, I mean, more kind of quirky, off the grid, we saw a shaman. I want to talk about that. Is
0: that the lady that hung you upside down and beat you with herbs?
2: That was one of them. Right. Um,
0: we, I saw a couple of different people. I mean, you know, that's amazing. Were... I was, when, well, she that... was like
2: jigging you around and massaging your face. It was quite remarkable to see. That was pretty intense. That was the grandmother of a friend of mine. Actually, my friend's husband's grandmother. Okay. And she came from Oaxaca. She came from Mexico and she's this healer. I mean, cures cancer kind of, you know, just miraculous healer. Didn't speak a word of English. And it was a two-day event of going and being beaten up. She rubbed an egg on me. Like, it, it was... When she put was, a piece of wood to your feet and
0: started hammering it, I was like,
2: wow, you really are up for everything here. Well, and, you know, I didn't know a lot of this stuff was going yeah, to happen. Bet. She was just demanding, you know. She <laughs> said, they, I, I looked, I said, why do you have rope? And my friend was like, "She's gonna hang you." I was like, "What? what where?" Like, <laughs> so it was just a lot of interesting experience. But we, re- you know, it's. I feel like when you want something so bad, you're willing to do anything. And we really were. And the fact that we were also documenting, we felt like, okay, this could be a good scene if nothing else. But it was definitely in my that. Was, yeah, I'm, but in my head, it was always, you know, this is this is going to be what does it. This is going to be what what gets everything straight in my body to to conceive but
0: you know literally hang you upside down and jiggle you around I mean you really had tried everything now you talked about the couples that you speak to it reminded me a little bit of when Harry met Sally when you had the little chats with the different couples going through how, how did you find them I, I could almost see the and correct me if I'm wrong I, I could see that you were starting to see that there could be another option from these meetings that you were having, I, I felt like you started to feel that maybe you could go down one of these other routes from meeting these couples. Did, did
2: that help you kind of get your head around what could be? Absolutely. I think that was just such a big piece of it. It sort of opened our world and our perspective. You know, I think you set out to make a family and you just assume it's going to happen with in a straightforward way or, you know, maybe with a little assistance. But you don't think about third-party reproduction you you know for us we were always we were open to adoption but um i think it's just very misleading when people say oh just adopt and i think i even say that in the film at some point but i hear that a lot that people
0: have had that said to them and it's not fair
2: yeah and it's as if there's just this like baby tree that you can go and pick a baby at that's it's not like that you know it's a commitment and it's a process like anything else and we were open to that and i think that really helped i think the more People can be open to the the better you feel because you kind of think, okay, well, if this doesn't work, we can do this. but you know, time becomes a factor, money becomes a factor. So as those things start to decrease, the pressure becomes kind of intense. You know, in meeting these other families, we kind of just went like, okay, yeah, they're really healthy, functioning children and families, and this is possible. and you know, it doesn't you don't have to be tied to genetics in the same way or to carrying or, you know, what whatever else. And so I think that allowed us to really free ourselves of our initial ideas of how we were gonna make our family and just be open to a lot of different ways. And we found them through different avenues. Um again, it just you know, the more I shared and the more I talked about it and I I have an acupuncturist out here, her name is Gilly, who's just phenomenal. And I'd say I, I need a family who you know used a used a donor or you know whatever else and you know sometimes she was able to connect me to people and just kind of throwing it out there now,
0: you just heard there a conversation with Maya from the documentary One More Shot that she was talking about. I'll put that in the show notes. That's another fertility-focused documentary. If you want to hear it in more detail, then the link for this episode is thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash only you. There you will see more info about Harry, about uh, the competition on Insta. I'll remind you of my Insta, which is at fertilitypoddy. And, of course, a link to the chat we had with Maya. Thank you, as always, for your support. Always good to know whether you're enjoying the content. So do email me natalie at fertilitypodcast.com. Especially if you've been listening for some time, and obviously it's going to be a bit different with Kate and I. I really, really would like to know your thoughts. So go on, drop me a line if there's any issue. Apart from that, until the next time.